0: Good morning. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. And this is Trinity Sunday, which is sometimes said to be a preacher's worst nightmare to explain the Trinity, which is a mystery. Uh, Because our Catholic math is a little bit different, so I'll ask Deacon this question, not to like scare you. Uh, But what is one plus one plus one in the Catholic Church? One. Yeah. There we go. So one plus one plus one equals one. We believe in a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A God who is relationship. And when I was going through seminary, we started the program Alpha. I don't know if anybody here did Alpha or not, but when we were doing that, um, Father Kevin and I were actually in seminary together, and then he said, in Alpha, one thing that always stood out to me is that the reason why we have the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us. And the reason why I bring that up first, the the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is because last weekend we celebrated Pentecost, and it's assumed in our second reading, that you all have received the Holy Spirit and he's been poured into your hearts. And I wonder how many of us actually were praying for the Holy Spirit actually to fill us and to transform us and to change our lives. Because we heard in our readings today that hope does not disappoint. And those are the same readings that we heard the the Sunday right before all the churches shut down before the, when the pandemic started getting a little bit ramped up and everyone went into freak-out mode and we lost all hope, right? But it says the, the Spirit of God is poured into us and what the Spirit does is makes Jesus real to us. Like, do you, you and I live as if Jesus is real or not? Because what Jesus came to do is to reveal to us the love of the Father, to pay your debt, my debt of sin, To reveal our identity, which is the truth. And look at our world at how screwed up it's been. We don't know who we are anymore. People are literally making up their own identities. Yet, what does it say in our gospel today? What does the Holy Spirit do? And what did Jesus promise he was going to do for us? Promise. He says, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. And some people don't even care about the truth. But you and I are created for the truth. We are created to understand why we're here And when a world is hopeless, it's very disappointing. I just want to share with you just some some reality points here for us because you and I, we need to live with more hope. Amen? Amen. Let's just try that again. Let's make sure we're awake here. You and I need to live with more hope. Amen? Amen? Because if we don't, our world's going to continue to go down the track it's going. And I'll tell you, it's not very hopeful without the truth, the spirit of truth. When we look at our world today, and the reason why we started that program called Alpha is because we did a study in our diocese, the Diocese of Green Bay, and 80% of people that consider themselves Catholics were unable to tell people that, about a personal relationship with Jesus, or a personal encounter with the living person of God. And I'm sure it's not here, but you know like in Appleton or Green Bay, like those weirdos, they don't know who Jesus is. Can you believe that? going to church for 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years and having no clue who Jesus is? And why would that be? Most likely because most people are not asking the Holy Spirit to stir and be poured into them. And if you and I are not consistently doing that day by day, Jesus falls to the side and we see these really scary statistics coming through our world right now. People are literally losing the will to live. Did you know that? And the saving message, the gospel, is that message is meant to overwhelm us with a sense of hope that we don't belong here. You and I are made for heaven. And We've seen depression rates go through the roof right now. We're seeing suicide rates being one of the top three reasons for death in the United States. Like, we literally have everything. We have cell phones. We have cars. We have everything we're supposed to have, houses. And yet people are literally losing the will to live. Let that sink in for a second. Like Suicide is one of the top three causes of death in the United States. One of the other three is the opioid crisis. People are dying every single day by turning to drugs. Maybe it's, you've encountered that. I have in my family, death. Losing the will to live. And the other one that scares me, I'm a chaplain at, at UW Oshkosh. It's, it's, it's known as UW zero, UW Kosh, and that embarrasses me. And it's embarrassing. Because the average age of dying of cirrhosis of the liver in the United States, which means cirrhosis of the liver means I drink myself to a stook where my literal, liver is literally dying, I have cirrhosis. The average age of dying of cirrhosis of the liver is 35 right now. It means for most of my students in 15 years, I won't see them again. And we make jokes and we live with hope without hope, and that's what it looks like. But I want to also share with you some stories of hope, of what good things have been happening in my life this past week and a half, just to not make this a Debbie Downer homily, but I think the truth does that to us. The tr- truth convicts our hearts. We also need hope, like what good is happening too amidst all this crazy stuff. Last weekend, I was able to go on a retreat in Milwaukee called Fiat Ministries, and what they do is they bring in five different religious orders of of women who are sisters, fully habited, of course. And when they, when they come, they also invite women who are open to a call to religious life. And the reason why this is so important that they do these retreats, these ministry retreats, is because since the 1960s, this is another scary thing, we had civil rights, we know that. We had the sexual revolution, that screwed us all up. We're still suffering from that. We had Vatican II, which was not. Not given to the church in a proper way, in my opinion, because we're seeing people fall away like flies, right? And since then, at that point in 1960, there was three religious sisters to every single priest that existed in the world. To this day, it's 1.2 to one. In 50 years, we've seen two thirds of women not responding to the call to be the bride of Christ. And this particular retreat had five different religious orders with two sisters from each. And there were 25 women there opening their hearts to the will of God from the Diocese of Green Bay, from the Diocese of Milwaukee, and the Diocese of Madison. And it was so beautiful, it was such an honor just to be there, to see them praying, Lord, are you calling me to be your bride? Are you calling me? And that these religious sisters just accompany them and praying morning prayer, doing adoration, having daily mass, offering confession and giving them a space where they could learn about these different religious orders, hearing these sisters speak about how they encountered the living person of Jesus and how he swept them off their feet and called them into spousal union with them. It was beautiful. And right after that, I got back on Sunday night, and Monday morning, I flew out to the University of Mary, and at that university, they have FOCUS. FOCUS stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And they have new staff training, and I'm blessed at, at, at Oshkosh to have five missionaries, people who have given up their lives to help college students keep their faith. Because by the age of 23 in the United States right now, 90% of Catholics completely re- reject the faith. They don't even consider themselves confirmed Catholics, as they reject the faith. That means like we have a horrible retention rate. So what these students are there to do, they're getting informed, and they're, they're, they're learning how to fundraise. They fundraise their whole salary, and they come to campus to help College students keep their faith. And so many people think, oh, when I go to college, I'm going to keep my faith. Good luck. Even as a college chaplain, like, good luck. It's like thinking you can tightrope walk across the Grand Canyon without any training and not fall. It's that hard. The temptations are awful. And these students are there to help Bible studies, to form leaders. And really what they're doing is what the the church should be doing. What the church should be doing. Often, we just allow people to show up on Wednesday nights and and then and they barely ever come to Mass on Sunday, and and then we just confirm them for some reason, and they've never encountered a living person of Jesus. And they think being a good Catholic means all I have to do is just show up on Easter and Christmas, right? And I'm a good Catholic. That's not the truth. The truth is that you and I are made for a relationship with the living person of God since the beginning of time. And to prove to you his love, the Father's love, he sent his only Son to take on your flesh and my flesh and to heal us and redeem us And to die for us, to point to say, this is how much I love you. Your your worth and my worth is the blood of Jesus. And when you and I sit with that, when we let that sink from our head to our heart, that, that God loves us that much, that convicts us that other people need to know about this saving love, that there's a better way to life, there is hope for us, that our sins can be forgiven. They can be washed clean. And again, the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us. And as I was, I was out, out there, they had religious sisters, and there's priests and different chaplains, and it was a beautiful experience to celebrate Mass, to see them getting formed, to see them zealous and, and, and in, that, in that scary place of what's going to happen if I call people and I ask them for money to fund, help me fund this upcoming school year? Because they fundraise, those missionaries fundraise their whole salary. But as people like you, who have encountered a living person of Jesus, they inspire them and then they get put on mission. And it was awesome to see that. Another thing that I did yesterday is I was at, the, at the, the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help and there's just a need for leaders. So bad. People are looking for somebody else to do something. Oh, that's deacon's job or that's father's job and it's all of our job to spread this message. And our, our God is a God of unity and when, and when the Holy Spirit moves, people come together. And to see people at the St. John Leadership Network coming together and saying, how can I have a Catholic business ethos and ethic at work? And to be with these different men and women who are really there to say, I want to put the Lord first. We came together for Mass, the first thing we did in the morning. And talking about what does it mean to actually live up my faith at work? How do I do that? How do I not force my faith upon them in a secular world, but knowing that everything stirs my relationship with Christ? Like, how do I challenge people to, to better themselves? And it was a beautiful experience. The last thing I want to share with you was uh, I had one, one person I, I directed on a silent retreat. A junior in, in college went on a silent retreat. Can you imagine for five days? And they had to suffer with me? <laughs> and, and we were up at Catholic Youth Expeditions over Christmas break, and, and she, she called me back a couple times this summer, and we have been chatting, and she said, I have something I, I really want to tell you. I'm so excited. And I said, okay, I'll be free at about 4 o'clock. This was yesterday. And she called me and said, on Pentecost Sunday, my boyfriend proposed to me. And we're so excited to get married. And, and she's telling me about, about the... Re- they already picked out the readings in the first week. They're so excited to get married. And they want to live an authentic Catholic life. And they want to go to Mass on Sunday. They want to have lots of kids. And just to hear about these stories of hope gives me hope. That the people are actually still striving for the truth. And one thing that they love is they love the traditions of the church, which we've con- kind of fallen away from ever since like, the 1960s. Right? And, and one thing at the Newman Center I notice so often is our students, our students have never been introduced to bells at Mass, right? Why, where do the bells go? That helps us remember that the Holy Spirit's coming down, that spirit of truth, when the bread is becoming the body of Jesus and when the wine is becoming the blood, right? And I don't know about you, but maybe you've been distracted at Mass, but bells help us remember things, right? Or like when the priest lifts up the host, that's Jesus now. When, when the little kids are at Mass, mom can say, look, in the priest's hands, that's Jesus. Look, in the, in the chalice, that's not the blood of Jesus, right? Those traditions. And they were so excited to talk about their marriage and how they want all these, the bells and smells and all that stuff. And it was just so hopeful. And, and one thing they, they've come to know is, this, is the spirit of truth has convicted them of what we've heard in our first reading today. That God delights in you. Like, I don't know if you believe it or not, but our world has, is people are bombarded with lies that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. I'm damaged goods, there's no hope for me for this reason, that reason, this lie, or that lie. But we heard that, it says, it says the last line of, of Proverbs said, God says, I found delight in the human race. That means when God sees you, he's not repulsed by your sins and my sins, he actually delights, he actually gets excited to be with us. And that's, that's good news. But from the beginning of time, the spirit of truth will remind us from the spirit that from the beginning of time, that God has desired relationship with you. But I think for some of us, maybe, maybe just me, but it felt like the, the, the faith, because I didn't, I didn't care, I just didn't care, to be honest, growing up most of the time, that it was, like it was all about rules. I never heard about this relationship that God desired with me. And what I've learned is that rules without relationship always leads to rebellion. Like if you're not in relationship, why would you keep rules? What the rules do is they keep us safe and they keep us in love. And the Holy Spirit reminds us, go to confession. Go to Mass. Pray every day. Go to this event. Go to that event. Stay on fire. But the spirit of death, which seems to be like bombarding us and all these lies, tell us you're not good enough. Why do you even try? It doesn't matter if you have that one drink. And we listen to these lies and we lose all hope. And you and I believe that we need hope to survive. And I gave you a few reasons for hope. But those are all important. But like, where are you at right now? You know, last week we had Pentecost and we prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But are you still asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you and serve within you every single day? You know, if I had to look at like faith formation programs showing up on Wednesday and then Barely, and then, and then for some reason, every once in a while, showing Sunday confirming people, I would just press pause on that for like a year or two and saying, What are we doing and why are we doing it? Knowing about the statistics of like, it's, it's not working, it's, it's not working. Probably why I'm not at a parish because everyone would want to kill me, right? But you, you, you and I were made for the truth, and that, that truth for a Catholic, we believe truth is a person, and He loves you so much that He. He died just for you. If you were the only person on earth, he would have died for you. And when you, sit, when you take time to sit with that and struggle with that, it changes the way you and I speak. It changes the way you and I look at the world. And for a lot of us, the way that looks, it's like if I had a glass here. You can imagine a glass to drink out of. And it has milk in it, and that's you. You're the milk, right? I pour milk in there. And then I take the Holy Spirit, which you and I were given at our baptism which is the spirit that forgave your sins in your first confession, the spirit that changes the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus, the spirit that you were confirmed with all the gifts, and we pour that in there, and then you're given a spoon, and the Lord says, ask the Holy Spirit to stir so you may become one. And a lot of us, we've never stirred the spoon. All you see is that chocolate sauce sitting at the bottom, maybe like Hershey's, whatever, and it's just sitting there. It's been poured into you, but there's no activation and if that's you, you've never said like the words, come Holy Spirit, or stir within me, set me on fire. Let me know the, sh- the truth, Heavenly Father, through your spirit. What, it, what difference does Jesus make? I just want to ask you, if you've never asked that question, how's life going for you? Do you have hope? Are you abiding in this God of love who is relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because again, the Holy Spirit has come to make Jesus real to us. And that means if you're not praying to the Holy Spirit often, Jesus is an afterthought. But if you are, you're, you're aware of his intense and immense love for you. And what Jesus came to do is to reveal your identity and my identity, for, to forgive our sins so we may have all that muck washed away so you may know who you are and whose you are know that you're a beloved son or a beloved daughter of the Father. And Jesus knew that for all eternity. But a lot, what the lies of our culture do and our sins do is they, they lock us up and you and I are in like a straitjacket. I can't get set free. I have no hope. We're all going to hell. Why do I even try? And what the Lord came to do is to, is to, is to forgive our sins and, and set us free. So what I'd like to do is to give you a blessing. And what a blessing does is it undoes those, those things that bind us up. Because you and I are created for the truth. And what, is the, what does Scripture say? The truth shall set you free, right? And how many of us are free? Living in the freedom of the Father's love. Living in the freedom of praying for the Holy Spirit to stir within us. Living in the freedom of a lifelong relationship with, the, with Jesus. There's so much hope out there for us, but we have to avail ourselves to it. We have to open ourselves to it the same truth, the same spirit that makes Jesus Christ present on this altar wants to be present in your life every single day. But our God is a gentleman. You and I have free will. If you don't want it, you can reject it. And again, if that's your life, how's that going for you? I'll, I'll, never, rege- I'll never forget the day I felt, I felt the call to the priesthood. I felt, I encountered the Lord's love in the Holy Eucharist and had a life-changing confession and it wasn't easy to accept it. I ran like crazy, but I'm so glad that people prayed me back into the church. And I love being a priest. And I and I want that, that same spirit to pour into you. And if you desire that, it just begins by, by being open, just a little bit. To have more hope. If you ever come to any of my masses, I pray the words come, Holy Spirit, all the time. And some people are like, Father, you went to seminary for six years, and you've been a priest for almost five years. What can you help me? What can help me? And I'll say, start praying the words come Holy Spirit every day. Father, you went to seminary for six years and you have been a priest for five years and that's all you got? Yeah. That's all I got. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit again reveals the love of Jesus to us and Jesus reveals the love of the Father to us. So we know who we are and whose we are. And if you want to be set free from anything that's binding you, lies, you feel like you've you need hope. Maybe you know someone who's got diagnosed with cancer or um, you lost a loved one recently or your, your marriage is on the fritz, you're, it's not going so well, and you need hope. I want to give you a blessing. And we'll start by praying the words come Holy Spirit three times and I just want to pray over you for God's blessing to set you free for whatever's bombarding you to come in. But again, if you don't want it, like if you're okay with this hopelessness, with these awful statistics, you are free to do that. But if you want more hope in your life, Let us pray the words, come Holy Spirit, three times. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Spirit. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for every single person who chose to come to Mass today and is sitting in these pews. Thank you, Father, come Holy Spirit. And Jesus, you have told us where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are present in our midst. I just ask you to come right next to whoever is in this church right now, whoever's open to your love right now. And please remove all lies, Jesus, with your truth. Please set them free. Please help them know that you are real. Please speak to them in a way that they can understand and be present to them in a way that they can feel. And Jesus, I ask that you send forth your spirit upon them and stir within them the spirit of truth, which is a spirit of hope, which is a spirit of love, which is a spirit of forgiveness. Come Holy Spirit. Please unbind anything of lies, anything that is not of God in their life, and help them know your love and how to share it with others. And anybody here who is being bombarded with hopelessness, I first of all ask you, Father, to send send forth a spirit of hope upon them and to stir within them the rest of their lives. On this Trinity Sunday, we thank you, God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please help us know your love and live your love and share your love in all that we do by praying those three words one more time. Come, Holy Spirit. So please pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.